Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We all have complaints from time to time, but have you ever had a beef with God? The prophet Habakkuk did. And I think you have to say that he had good good grounds for his complaints. As he looked around at the world in his time, what he saw was that evil was running roughshod. The law was paralyzed, he said. Wickedness was all around him. And meanwhile, those who were righteous, or seemingly righteous, those who were trusting in God, they were the ones who were being trampled down. When Habakkuk looked around in his day, he had all sorts of reasons for complaining and even for having beefs, beefs, with God. Now, there is a kind of complaining that is fruitless and futile. And it shows us that what matters is not that we complain, but the way that we complain. See, there's those kinds of complaints that are fruitless and futile because all we do is we gripe and we grouse. We just vent all of our complaints and all of our frustrations. We just let it all out there. And that kind of complaining, the scriptures speak against again and again and again. We saw it in the, in the Old Testament as God's people. They would gripe and growl, Lord, why have you brought us out here? And complain about the, the times when they were going through the wilderness and all the times when God seemed like he wasn't keeping his promises, keeping up his end of the bargain, as it were. And they were just venting out, venting to Moses, to Aaron, anybody that they could find. There's that kind of complaining, just fruitless and futile goes nowhere. But can there be a kind of faithful complaining? The prophet shows us that there can be. He gives us the the blueprint for a faithful complaint, a kind of lamentation to the Lord. And this faithful complaint, as we see it in our Old Testament reading today, really comprises three elements. First, that we lift up, then that we leave it, and finally, that we look for it. We lift it, leave it, and look for it. What do I mean by those three? Well, we'll unpack them as we go along. First of all, we lift it. We lift the complaint to the Lord. Now again, Habakkuk had good grounds for his complaint, and you can imagine that he could have fallen into that trap of griping and grousing, but what does he do instead? He lifts his complaint up to the Lord. How long, O Lord? Why, as he looks around with that timeless cry, why is there violence? Why do the righteous suffer? He doesn't merely complain, but he lifts his complaint to the Lord. This is the shape of faithful complaint. We don't just fruitlessly gripe and growl, but we lift our complaints to the Lord, recognizing that he's the one who finally is the only one who can do something about it. And I have to tell you, when I see this kind of of pattern and model, I'm convicted by it. Because I don't know about you, but how often do you feel that sense, I I just want to vent. And you'll just get it out. You'll just dump it on anyone and everyone. And you'll find yourself, sometimes it takes the shape of gossip, but other times it, it just takes the form of, you know what, can I just unload on you right now? Worse yet, sometimes we go onto social media and do this sort of thing, right? Let me just go and put this out there on the internet eternally. That seems like a good idea, right? It's the kind of complaint that we see all around in our society today, and you and I are susceptible to it as well. But Habakkuk shows us a better way, a faithful complaining. Rather than just unloading, we lift it to the Lord. 
Why, O Lord? In those times of injustice, of those times of violence, even in those more mundane daily complaints that we might have, Lord, why? Why don't you do something about this? Why has this not been resolved yet? We lift it to the Lord. Because the reality is that when we try to just complain, when we think that we're just venting, all that we're really doing is heaping up bigger burdens on ourselves. Because all that venting, all that griping and browsing, it doesn't eliminate the heart issues. Only when we lift it to the Lord do we lift those burdens off our shoulders and place them on the one, the only one, who's actually able to do something about it. As we sing in that beloved hymn, What a Friend I Have in Jesus, Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, what needless pain we bear when we gripe and growls and don't instead lift those complaints to the Lord. So that's the first piece of faithful complaining. We lift it. But we don't just lift it, as the prophet shows us. We also leave it. We leave it in his hands. See, Habakkuk in this moment, having lifted his complaints to the Lord, he's, he's faced with an option, a dilemma, perhaps a temptation. Okay, I complained to the Lord. I gave that to him. Now should I take this matter into my own hands? Maybe now I need to do something about it. And hey, there's a good tradition that says that. There's the, the ancient saying, ora et labora, pray and work. As Lutherans, we believe that God works through means. Well, maybe the means he's going to work through is me being mean to my neighbor. Hmm. We want to take things into our own hands and say, all right, Lord, I gave you your chance. Now I'm going to take it my way. Do it my way. But faithful complaining not only lifts the complaint to the Lord, but it also leaves the matter in his hands, entrusts it to him, rather than deciding that I'm the one who has to ensure that all the rest of the world goes directly according to my plans. I experienced a reminder of this this summer, and for those of you who came to camp this summer, I shared this story, so bear with me. But uh, this summer, Anne and I and the family, we went up to Cherry Republic in Glen Arbor, and as those of you who've been up to Cherry Republic, you know that the best thing about Cherry Republic are the samples, right? I love the samples. That was actually one of the worst things about COVID, is they got rid of all of the samples, all right? They brought them back. They brought them back, I'm happy to say. And they have these great big spoons in the cherry-covered, in the dark chocolate cherry-covered, dark chocolate-covered cherries. That's right. They're not cherry-covered. They're co- Anyway, and the, the salsa and the chips, there's all sorts of delicious samples. And you go there and you just take as much as you can possibly have, right? When I go there with my kids, we're like, we're not ordering dessert. We're going to Cherry Republic and we're filling up, right? So we go to Cherry Republic this summer. And my wife makes a mistake. <clears throat> She's wearing a, a sweatshirt and it's got nice big pockets. And so she takes some of the sample and she puts them in her pockets. Evidently, this is a no-no. And this woman sidles up behind her and she just says to her, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is not a lunch counter. And Anne turns around just absolutely mortified. And says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then suddenly she has a thought. As she looks at this woman, she says, wait a second, do you work here? And the woman says, well, no. 
but still you shouldn't have done that. And Anne looks over at the person who actually works there and she's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> See, I think any of us have that temptation at times to try and be like the sample police at Cherry Republic, right? And rather than leaving those complaints to the Lord, we take the matter into our own hands. There's a better way. Uh, there's a character in Bo Geertz's novel, The Hammer of God, who models this better way. She's this aged, pious widow named Mother Lotta. And Mother Lotta had this habit, and it's a habit that I think any of us could and maybe we should follow. When Mother Lotta would find herself faced with some especially naughty spiritual problem, she would do this. It says, the old woman's final verdict concerning everything that looked gloomy and hopeless was always the same. We'll have to leave that. We'll have to leave that. And what she meant was, we'll have to leave that in the hands of God. But that was so self-evident to her that she never needed to say it. We'll have to leave that. That is a better, more faithful way to complain than to take it into our own hands. We'll have to leave that in the Lord's hands. So when we complain faithfully in the way that Habakkuk has shown us, we lift up our complaint to the Lord, we leave it in his hands, and then finally, we look for his response. We look for his response. Now that would seem to go without saying that this last step, I mean, this is what we would all do, of course. Habakkuk does this. He shows us that this is the, the right way to go. For many of us, this might seem obvious. And yet, how often do we lift up a prayer to the Lord and then we're like, well, forget all about that. And we fail to look out for his response, to entrust it to him and then to think that he's actually going to answer. But Habakkuk says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And the word carries with it this connotation of a, a expectant watchfulness, of an expectant watchfulness that now, having lifted this to the Lord and left it, leaving it in his hands, now I am looking out for his answer because I know that he will respond. I believe it. What he will answer concerning my complaint. There's echoes of that in, in Psalm 130 in which the psalmist um, encourages and admonishes you and me, wait for the Lord, I will wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. Look out for him. See, I think that sometimes we have the sense that when we lift up these complaints and prayers to the Lord, that it just ends up in some sort of Byzantine bureaucracy up in heaven. Right? We offer these things up to the Lord, and he's like, oh yeah, I know where this goes, right? In this circular file. Right? Or worse yet, at this restaurant I was at this past week, there was a sign on the wall that said, here, you've got a complaint, take a number. And then I had a number, and then the picture was tied to a hand grenade. Hmm. <laughs> Even worse still. This is not how it is when we lift up our prayers and even our complaints to the Lord. He is not just tossing it away or forgetting about it altogether. Instead, each one of those prayers offered to him in faith are like letters he receives from his beloved. And he pours over each and every one. You say, well, wait a second then. Why doesn't he respond right away? But he responds in his time. 
when he knows that it is just right. In this respect, he's like a hunter who's poised for the perfect moment when this is the time, or a director who's now able to say, action! But make no mistake, he delights to receive your prayers, your cries, and even your complaints. That is who he is as your Lord. And that's what faithful complaint looks like. We lift it, we leave it, and we look for his response. And in the prophet Habakkuk's report, we get God's response to him. Finally, God does respond to him, and he says to Habakkuk, listen, the vision is coming at its appointed time. Wait for it. Trust in it. It will not delay. Or perhaps better put, he will not delay. Because ultimately, the answer to all of Habakkuk's complaints were the coming one, the Messiah, our Lord Jesus. He is the answer to not only Habakkuk's complaints, but all of our faithful complaints as well. As we look to our Lord Jesus, who on the cross gathers up all the complaints of his people into himself, he gathers them all up, and then he offers up that eternal, immortal, awe-inspiring complaint to the Father. He lifts up and leaves in and looks for the response of God when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Christ Jesus is the faithful one who offers the faithful complaint on behalf of us all. This finally is is what it means for us to live by faith, is to look to the Lord Jesus, the faithful one, the one who has endeavored to stand in your place and mine and to offer up all those cries of our heart on our behalf. And so we continue this never-ending negotiation with God lifting them up, leaving them in his hands, and looking for his response, and knowing that even when it feels like our faithful complaints go unanswered, we can look to and lean on the love of our Lord Jesus, the one who stands forever after before the Father, lifting up your pleas before him. We look to him as our eternal help, because after all, he's the one who, in heaven's courts, actually works there and says to you and me, you don't need to worry. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand for prayer.